if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food breakfast edition. Breakfast edition. First, big news if you love Starbucks egg bites. I know people who just adore those. You can buy them to eat at home at Costco for mm. a limited time. Second, did you hear there were two new flavors of Cheerios? Frosted lemon and oat berry crunch. Wow, they both sound like dessert to me. Mm. It sounds yummy. And finally, in the world of food breakfast edition, McDonald's just introduced the $3 breakfast bundle. Mm. You get to mix and match some of your favorite breakfast items from hash browns to McMuffins. And it's mm. only going to set you back three bucks. Wow. It almost sounds like the dollar menu is back. Remember the dollar Kinda, menu? Yeah. You get all that stuff for a buck. I guess you'd say $1.50 because you get to pick two. Yeah. Hey, who is your closest friend? Coming up, check out the cutest best friends ever. So who is your closest friend? You're going to love these best friends, the cutest ever three-year-olds, Legend and Reed. They go to the same school in Sarah Land, Alabama. So picture these two little three-year-old guys. Their moms say they're stuck like glue and had an idea. How about we dress them in matching t-shirts for a week? Hmm. Well, people have loved seeing these little boys arrive at school and be like, look, we're wearing the same shirt, yeah, (laughs) and giving each other hugs and everything so much that people from all over the country are sending more shirts so they can keep matching. <laughs> and I'm thinking we need to mail them some Kevin and Taylor show t-shirts. Yeah, that'd be cool. Wouldn't they, that be so, yeah, so cute to see them dressed up? Post us a post picture of them wearing our shirts. That'd be great. So uh, one of the only things better than listening to the music is hearing some of the artists that we play live in concert, right? Do you like going live to going to see live music? I absolutely love it. That's my bliss. And somebody's floating an idea right now that could change how we go and experience live concerts forever. Tell me what you think of this idea. I'll share the idea with you next. There's an idea being floated right now that could change concerts for forever. They're floating the idea, Taylor, of doing matinees. Like instead of going at seven thirty, eight o'clock or whatever, you know, the show doesn't start till nine. Uh-huh. Uh, they're saying, like, why not have them at like noon or one o'clock? And that then have way, another one later at night? Maybe, or just start the show earlier and that way everybody's like, you know, they're they're at their best for the show and they're and home it, home and in bed by seven thirty or eight o'clock. Is this bands who attract a certain demographic of people? Well, the person suggesting it is Jamie Lee Curtis, the actress. <laughs> And she's, yes, she does she's not 64. like staying up late. She's 64, and she called out specifically U2, Coldplay, and uh, Bruce Springsteen. She was like, look, <laughs> if you all did your concert starting at noon, and she's like, back in the day in New yeah. York City, that's what artists would do. There would be a matinee show and a later show. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to be out after like 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night. Hey, so do the, the arena's already reserved. Right. They've already unloaded all the stuff. Right. Why not have two shows? I think, I mean, she's calling it a matinee. Let's be honest. It's the early bird special. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about concerts, live concerts, and they're floating this idea of doing matinees. And, you know, I'll go and see one of my favorite artists on a a work night, um, and I'll be like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be good. And then the next day, I'm like, why did I do that? So they're talking about doing matinee concerts. I think it's a great idea. There's something, there is something big that's revolutionizing concert going. And it's not just Jamie Lee Curtis calling for matinees for your favorite bands. It is, it has gotten so expensive to see a certain artist here in the United States that people are like, might as well go see her in Europe. And we're, I'm talking uh, Queen Bee, Beyonce. Yeah. So people are like thinking about it like, okay, 
I could see Louisville or London. I'll go to London. London. (laughs) This other uh, lady, her name happens to be Mercedes. And she's like, okay, I can go see Beyonce in Paris for $92 for a floor seat. If I go in my hometown of Dallas, it's going to be $900 a ticket for the same seats. So they're like, I'm hopping on a plane. I'm going to go to Paris and see Beyonce. A couple of things here. First of all, it shows how gullible Americans are. They will pay that much. Supply and demand, baby. Meanwhile, in Paris, they're like, oh, no. We're not going to pay that. Yeah, so people are going to Amsterdam, London, Paris. They're going to follow Queen Bee all over Europe. And do a YOLO trip because it's end up being the same price as seeing her here in the U.S. Second thing is you don't get to complain about the economy being hard and times being tight and the price of eggs. If you're flying to Amsterdam to see Beyonce, you lose the right to do that. <laughs> Even if it's cheaper than seeing her in Dallas? No, the tickets would be cheaper, but you, you've traveled internationally. That It is not cheap. It depends what if you have points for like a, your airplane and a, a hotel one night. You, I, I've been down that road and you can justify it north, south, east and west. You're still going to drop a lot of money going to Amsterdam for whatever reason to see Beyonce or to see the people walking around in the wooden shoes. Whatever it is you're going there for, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah, but I can totally see their point. Because right then, just going to see her in Paris versus Dallas, Mm -hmm. you're up $800. That's your flight, right? Maybe. Not nowadays. That's half a flight. But if you have airline points, then... Like, because yeah. a lot of people like me and Glenn, what we do mm-hmm. is we earn airline points with our credit cards. Mm-hmm. So we'll pay any bill we can possibly pay yeah. with our credit cards. So we get airline points and then just pay off the bill later. Yesterday, I was just uh, doing a little workout video. This lady like guides you through weightlifting, which I cannot stand doing. So mm-hmm. it kind of keeps me accountable <laughs> if I try to do what she's doing. Okay. Can't keep up with her, but I try. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm like huffing and puffing. And I always close the door because I don't want my husband to have to hear all that because he works from home mostly lately. Okay. And all of a sudden, I can hear him coming up the stairs and he shoves dramatically this this piece of paper under the door. Yep. I'm like, what? And so I had paused on the video and I'm like, what is this? Like, what? Why? And he had just gotten the mail. And I go over and I look at it and I go, no. Do you want to guess what it is? Yeah. It was a note. You were work, You were upstairs working out. He's downstairs and he's just like going like, huh, I wonder what's for dinner. So it said, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on dinner tonight? No. <laughs> he knows better. He values his life too much. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Okay. No, really. Take a, take a legit guess, not a joke something guess. Something came in the mail. And I went, no. You... Like my daughter, April, have been summons to jury duty. Yes! And we were just talking to this about this on the show the other day. This is like my third time since so living good. here. You're so good at it. Ah, uh, cannot believe it. And so, um, I, I don't know if you guys have ever done this. I couldn't resist. Because, okay, I've never truly had to serve. Mm-hmm. I did that thing where I've twice now mm-hmm. where you call after 6 p.m. or log online and see if to show up the next day by 8.30 a.m., and I think I've showed up one time three days and I even made it into the courtroom at one point where they question us mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they let me go. Yeah. So I've never actually served on a court case. Mm-hmm. But get this. I looked up our company policy. Yeah. After three days, the way it's phrased in the handbook, 
we allow you to use vacation days. Oh, so I legit will eat up my vacation days if I got called. No, to a jury. That's not a vacation day. That's a sick day. I would hope because I've got you are millions of sick days. You're you're sick to the stomach that you'd have to use a vacation day. (laughs) Can you believe it? We were just talking about it on the radio, and now I got summoned. (laughs) Maybe you and April will be on the same one. Yeah, maybe. She one of those people that you'll you'll pitch in if somebody needs help. Like if you see somebody, I don't know, they're stranded on the side of the road. You're like, hey, you okay? Or maybe their car won't start in the parking lot. You're like, you need a jump. Are you a jump in kind of person? Well, there's a guy who jumped in to try to help and he bit off a little more hmm. than he could chew. We're going to talk about that next. So are you the kind of person that likes to pitch in to help if somebody needs help? What about with a dog, Taylor? If a dog was in distress, would you help? Oh, yeah. We've yeah. rescued the same dog like four times in our old neighborhood. <laughs> is that is that technically rescuing or is he just visiting now? <laughs> He's well, just dropping by. Getting out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so there's a guy, his neighbor, uh, they live in a really cold part of the country, Wisconsin, and his neighbor's dogs got out. Lady has two dogs and they were having the time of their life. They ran across this big frozen pond and... The ice gave way. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went. Dogs went through the ice. The guy saw it happen. So he, being a good guy, he runs out on the ice to try to save the dogs. He's about 50 feet offshore, and he managed to, one of the dogs, doggy paddled to the surface and got on the ice and ran back in the house. One dog safe. The other dog is still out there. He cannot keep slipping. Can't get up on the ice. The other. So the guy's trying to rescue him. He breaks through. <gasps> like within reach of the dog, though. He uh. breaks through the ice. So he grabs the dog, and now he can't get back up. And he's doggy paddling, doggy paddling. He's in the water uh, like 10 minutes. Uh-oh. And fire and rescue, the lady called fire and rescue, they finally arrived. They said he was so exhausted between hypothermia, I guess, starting to set in mm-hmm. and doggy paddling that long and holding on to the dog. He could barely grab the rope, but he did manage to put the rope around himself, and they pulled him and the dog safely wow. to shore. Wow. That could have gone so much poorly. I know, couldn't it? Oh, my goodness. Guy just trying to help, just trying to be a good guy and save the dogs. I guess anytime you hear of like, so he went out on the ice to help, you Mm-mm. know Mm-mm. bad things are going to happen like yeah. right, right when that. Wow. Glad but everybody's okay. He's okay. They saved the dog. Everybody, Everybody's going to be all right. That, that dog better wag his tail hard when he sees <laughs> that guy coming around, right? Okay, here's a big question for you. Okay. Have you ever... Not never. Nope. Taken this risk. <laughs> it's a huge risk as a parent. Okay. Played matchmaker for your own child. Oh, hello. I found out my sister did. I'll tell you the story in just a minute. Have you ever played matchmaker for anyone? I can point to two couples from Wheaton that I played matchmaker with matchmaker? and they're still married. I don't feel like we play matchmaker but I do feel responsible for our producer Griffin and his wife Sarah. Because they both worked here. They both worked yeah. here and Sarah would have never worked here if not as a young woman she would have asked, hey I'm thinking of getting in the radio can I come watch your show one time and for some reason we said okay sure. Yeah we and adore she get, her. That, that opened the door for yeah. her to even start here so I feel responsible for Griffin. There you go. Well um, I don't know if you've ever done this. To me it's a very risky move as a parent but have you ever played matchmaker for your own child? I just found out yesterday that one of my sisters has, and so far it's going well. So here's the deal. You know no how kidding. hard it is for kids to date wow. nowadays. Mm-hmm. Well, one of her twins, I've talked to I talked about him on the show many, many times, Aaron, he's the brain tumor survivor, yeah. who started an apprenticeship in high school and graduated with a job as an electrician. I mean, so proud of him. 
And he's making really good money doing that. Wow, good for him. Well, um, he, you know, would love to have, you know, would love the idea at the time of dating someone. And so there was this really sweet girl named Hannah who I think she went to their church and then my sister ended up working at the same like holistic pet food store with her. And he fi- she finally just said, would you like to have Aaron's phone number? <laughs> so she gave Hannah Aaron's phone number. Whoa. And kudos to Aaron. She went ahead and called him. And it was all under the what? guise of just having friendship. She like, called him. She called him. Wow. And they like went for coffee or something. And they went to church together a couple times. And long story short, a couple months later, they're dating. Wow. Isn't that so cool? She played matchmaker with her own son. That can be and da- it that, worked. Can be, that can be rough going there. I know. And I it's mean, totally like they they really enjoy each other's company. There's no like talk of marriage or anything like that. They're your just, sister's the old cliche. I mean, you see it like all the time of the nosy mom will meet a young woman and go, Ooh, are you married? My son is single. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're constantly trying to fix him up. <laughs> yeah. But like this time it started it with Fiddler on the Roof with yeah. the matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. But it worked this time. Yeah. Wow, go mom. I'm excited. We're talking about when parents play matchmaker, and it sounds like it worked out okay with uh, with your sister. Yeah, but so think far about so good. If it, if it had gone wrong, mm-hmm. like if they had gone out on a date, yeah. and, and the, I know your your nephew wouldn't be like this, but let's suppose he was kind of a jerk or you know just uh, didn't treat her well or mm-hmm. something went wrong now she's got to live with working with the girl every day yes <laughs> knowing that the date that was failed, pretty risky and that would be pretty pretty awkward yeah that you know, would be bad yet a matchmaker fail but um, i think every parent does it i remember when uh, our kids were little uh two we had a, a boy and a girl live next door and our kids we had a, our son and three daughters so Jackie and Tracy, Jackie was our neighbor, Tracy's my wife, mm-hmm. they would constantly be like, ooh, they, and they called two of them because one of the boy and girl would, they'd chase each other around in the yard, mm-hmm. like playfully, you yeah. know, playfully chasing each other, pushing yeah. each other, that kind of thing. And they called them the squirrels. Oh, funny. I wonder if the squirrels will ever get married. My, uh, my, And they did not, by the way. <laughs> yes. My roommate in college, all four years, Julie, she tried to set me up with her brother. Mm-hmm. And even invited me to a weekend family getaway to Disney World. I lived in Jupiter. And we what? Went, and I was like, this fabulous weekend and all this stuff. And like her brother kept his way of flirting with me was to tickle me. And it was just like, uh. I, I was like, oh, stop. And it, there was just <laughs> no like spark there. Uh-huh. But like we all went out to dinner at Epcot and his mom, her mom looked over glowingly and like, winked at her husband like this is gonna happen this is so wonderful and i was like no no you have it all wrong this is not happening disney you're like it's a small world and it's getting smaller and i don't like it get me off this crazy thing (laughs) he's a great guy and has a wonderful wife and Uh three kids and it all worked out and it wasn't you not me So do you love to go thrifting or maybe you have someone in your life that is just an expert thrift shopper? Like my niece, Laura, she thrifted her prom dress for 13 bucks and looked like a princess. It was gorgeous. Now, she did have the awesome advantage that my sister, her mom, is a great seamstress and was able to hem it Uh, uh, for free. So bargain Um, plus skills. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But if you were to guess, when is the best time to find the best stuff thifting, what would you guess? Like time of the year? Uh, It could be time of of year, time of day, point in the week. Right after people do spring cleaning on Monday. 
Monday after people do spring. Monday's in the spring. Yeah, they say earlier in the week is better. Earlier in the morning is better. But see, here's the deal. If you go after a weekend, that's when people are dumping off all their junk. And then they do the restocking. Mm -hmm. And that's so if you get there first, you're getting the best stuff. And then they say another great time to go thrift shopping is right after a three-day holiday weekend. Mm -hmm. Because people are using that time to clean out their junk, get rid of their stuff, and you get first dibs on their cool stuff when you show Uh up at Goodwill. Um, They also say, keep in mind, I don't really think of this, and this made me think of you, Kev, because you like these. Um, There's a great way to get good deals on vinyl records is Mm. through thrift stores. I don't know if you've ever thrifted any. you, You have to be careful and look and make sure they're not all... Not scratched. scratched. Up okay. Belief, like, they, they say vintage play. clothes, of course, but books, wooden furniture, and vinyl records are all great things to buy secondhand. And again, mm-hmm. next time there's a three day holiday weekend, you head there on you over go. there right after there and you, you get go. the good stuff. <laughs> Can you imagine being 14 years old and you're so big you can't find shoes that fit your feet? Coming up, wait till you hear who stepped in to help. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Can you imagine being only 14 years old and you're such a large person, you can't find shoes that fit Hmm. your size 23 feet. Eric is a high school freshman and that's reality for him. He has all kinds of foot problems because every shoe is just way too small. He's six feet 10. And uh, the average American male shoe is 10 and a half. His is 23. His mom's made calls to every shoe company begging for help. Nothing worked. Well, finally, a local TV station did a story on Eric and word spread like wildfire. Now, Under Armour and Puma are going to create custom shoes and cleats for Eric. Wow. And Cat Footwear wants to send him a pair of boots that fit. (laughs) But strangers are reaching out, too. GoFundMe has raised more than $18,000. And mom says they've gone from feeling helpless to overflowing with generosity and kindness. And she's going to start a charity for other people with big feet. (laughs) That's cool. I think they should use as a logo, Bigfoot. Yes. (laughs) So what do you think about this? Do families together, you know, mom, dad, all the kids, do families have a personality? Does your family have a personality? What kind of personality does your family have? Let's talk about that next. So personalities, everyone's got one, right? And then uh, do you think families have a personality, Taylor? Like, does your family, um, your, think of your mom, your dad, your sisters, do they have a personality? I think they kind of take on a yeah, a char- some character traits. Okay, there's yeah. a uh, there's a, a woman who had a she kind of had a front row seat to families gathering in a very stressful uh, situation. And I've always said this: weddings and funerals bring out the crazy in people. Mm-hmm. And she worked the front desk at a funeral home, so she oh, said wow. families would come in together to plan the funerals, and you could noticed some traits. She said that every family that came in, there was an instinctive leader in the family. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily a mom or a dad. It could be you know one of the brothers or sisters, but there was someone would take the, the oldest definitive lead, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they would be the one kind of not calling the shots, but heavily influencing what everyone thought and felt about how things should go. But she said as a group, personality, you know, families would, would take on their personalities. And she said um, one time a family came in that really stood out. Everyone of the it was a, the dad who had died. They were all respectful 
and mm-hmm. kind and soft spoken, mm-hmm. and they were very tender with each other, making Aww. sure everyone was okay. And so she she kind of crossed the line and said, "Hey, I can't help but asking because I deal with a lot of families. You guys just really seem." To care about each other. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, that's our dad who just passed away. He taught us to do that. That's awesome. They said our dad taught us so many valuable lessons in life, including that life and the world are a place of endless possibilities. You are going to have disappointments. You're going to have failures. Don't ever let that stop you. And don't let ever those failures and disappointments ever make you bitter. You got each other. Take care of each other. And you'll get through this life okay. And they're like, we just, the dad instilled that. In us, and we tried to live that every day. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? Um, I just love that. So if your family does have a personality, and I think families do, what would your family's personality be? You were saying earlier about how that family really stood out to that funeral home worker because they Mm -hmm. were so kind and caring to each other. And uh, we had a moment like that where um, someone was, you know, in a profession And something stood out because it was kindness. Kindness can stand out. And it was when we went to go close on our home, we were selling our house we had lived in for years and years and years and then uh, buying a different house. And the uh, closing agent, is that what they're called? I don't know. Anyway, the the banker type person the in the suit doing the paperwork. The person telling you, sign here, sign here, yeah, sign yeah. here, sign here, sign here, sign here. million signatures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't believe it when we ran out to the waiting room and hugged the people who were buying our house. She's Ooh. like, whoa, I've never seen that in my life. Huh. And we're like, oh yeah, we're selling our house to our neighbors across the street. Yeah. And they, it was just such a joyful time for all of us. And then Glenn met them afterwards at our old house and gave them a whole tour of like, here's how you take care of this. Here's how you Mm. shut off the water of the house. And they videotaped the whole thing. And he said, when he first pulled in the driveway, he was like, oh wait, I can't go in. I got to wait for them to show up because it's not my house anymore. That happened to us when we've had our house about seven or eight years now. But at the closing, yeah, we we had never met the owners before until then. And we we were very chatty and nice and everything. And the the lady that was, you know, the paperwork lady said the same thing. She's like, wow, this has been very pleasant. It's normally very, it's it's steely, quiet. That's what I heard. Yeah. So glad they both could witness that kindness. Buyers and sellers are... So adversarial, like mm-hmm. you're putting in a new furnace. No, right. I'm not. <laughs> you know, yeah. it did so much of that that maybe it leads to, I don't know, no, no need for that. I don't think. Yeah. Do you have a sweet story about how you met your other half? This couple met all because she texted the wrong number. No kidding. And ready for this? Now they're married with six children. <laughs> Brenda thought she was texting an uplifting Bible verse to a new friend. But it went to this guy named Isaiah. He texts back, amen to that. By the way, who's this? <laughs> he wanted to talk, but Brenda was creeped out. She's like, oh, this is so creepy. I bet. Well, yeah. he left a voicemail and he sounded so cool and so chill that she was like, you know what? Why not? She called him back and he picked up immediately. She at the time was living in Georgia. He was living in Ohio, 50 minutes from Dayton. Brenda said she wouldn't have six kids if her husband wasn't so involved. She said he makes dinner, he does the laundry, he doesn't ask, hey, do you need help? He just 
sees what needs to be done and does it because he views the house as his as well. And she mm. says she feels so lucky. But who knew? Wrong I, got, I can't wait to tell this to my single nieces and nephews <laughs> who are begging God. Like, please, Lord, we want to meet the one. They'll, yeah, they'll be like, uh, just so, text Bible verses to yeah, the wrong person. What you're saying is just start sending out these messages to right. random numbers. And yeah. who knows? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Coming up, as a mom, have you ever been so busy taking care of everyone else you forget to take care of yourself? As a mom, have you ever been so busy taking care of everyone else you completely forget to take care of you? Amanda was going camping with her husband and 9 and 12-year-old daughters. She was so focused on making sure her girls had everything they needed after their shower at the shower house at the campground. Clean pajamas, you know, their soap, their shampoo, that she had to walk out of the shower house in just her towel. And her husband <laughs> caught it on video. Of course. She wasn't in a very good mood. He's like, what's going on? I had a nice relaxing shower. She's like, I was wor- so worried about everything the girls needed for their showers that I forgot to bring my pajamas. <laughs> Other moms can relate so much. The TikTok with her exiting the shower house and the towel has gone viral mm. because every mom knows what it's like. You're so focused on your kids. Yeah, making sure everybody else has everything taken care of. No kidding. Think about this for a minute. Coming up, do you feel like people are oversharing on social media? Do you feel like people are oversharing on social media? Sharing your private life online might seem fun, might seem harmless, but a new survey finds that your followers might not appreciate everything you share. Mm, now, what no kind kidding. of yeah, what kind of oversharing bugs us the most? Do you want to guess, Kev? The thing that bugs me is when it's vague. When people mm. are vague. Mm-hmm. And I guess that kind of uh, but I don't want too much either. Yeah. <laughs> so, but when people put out the vague things, you feel like they're just begging for people to go, oh, what's wrong? Like where they're just like, I just wish this day would be over. Yeah. And you're like, uh-oh, what happened? Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like begging for someone to ask. Yeah. That. that actually didn't make the top three really. Uh, here were uh, number one by far. Political views. Oh, Nobody wants oh, to see yeah. that. I've blocked um, so many, so many names of politicians. I've mm-hmm. blocked. So I don't. I, if it, if somebody tweets about Biden or Trump or whoever, it doesn't even come up because I've got the name blocked. Uh, mundane daily life. I guess we don't want to see that anymore. Maybe like what you ate, and I don't know. I post mundane like. To me, they're not mundane, mm-hmm. but when I go trail running, I mm-hmm. love to post a video of the beautiful river and stuff like that. So I guess people don't like to see that. And then the last thing that we're like, oh man, oversharing people, bodily functions. Ooh, Nobody or wants to hear injuries, about that. Wounds. Right, I don't want to see pictures of injuries. Or, oh, oh, look, I cut my finger. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to see that. I always wonder if those people are like. Either they're in the medical field or they have a way tougher stomach than me because I can't handle it. <laughs> Anyone ever have a rash like this? What'd you, what'd you do to heal it? <laughs> right? I was today years old when I discovered that I have something quite in common with baby cows. Yeah, I never knew this about myself. Um, see, in the dairy industry... Keeping calves happy and healthy is super important, especially when they're weaning from their parents, their mama. And uh, turns out that if baby cows just get five minutes of neck scratches, they're happier and calmer. I feel seen. (laughs) You would like your neck scratched? I'm the same, yes. (laughs) And I was thinking about this. I'm like, okay, so this makes baby cows happy. Scratch their neck. 
Is this going to be a new summer job for kids? Like, oh yeah, I'm a I'm a baby cow neck cow scratcher. Neck scratcher huh? That's what I'm going to do okay, this so you, summer. You said you you like that. So when Glenn does that for you, does your leg get going like a dog? <laughs> <laughs> How did you know?